Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. We have a little bit of preamble on this episode because we have to establish that the history of exploitation in America is largely derived from the South and the slave trade. Slavery was an economic construct established in the southern United States and other countries around the world around the same time period and before. And the primary purpose was to exploit labor. In the United States specifically, but also other countries as well, racism was a construct created to perpetuate this exploitation. The cotton trade was only profitable because workers were literal slaves. So as slavery ended, there had to be a new mechanism by which slavery was persisted, and that was apparently chosen to be racism. Or at least that's our premise. The South had two options if you were essentially a worker in the South that was white. Either A, be racist and perpetuate the hate, or B, not do that and become poor. Because they did not have a model that actually was proven out that didn't involve slavery. It, they only literally knew for generations that business required slaves, or production required slaves. There, there was no other model in any way, shape, or form. There wasn't any cooperatives. There wasn't any, maybe we just charge more for the cotton mentality. Their box model of the economic productivity was free labor in, goods out. Yep. That was the economy for like literally yep. hundreds of years, thousands of years. I have land. I have land. And I need to work the land, and I can grow tobacco or I can grow cotton. The North had mills, right? Yep. The North had a lot more industrialization in the South. The South benefited from having sun, whose daylight integration was pretty high, so they could grow things year-round like wheat and cotton Cotton. and tobacco. So essentially, the slaveholders, for hundreds of years, had no other economic model, and it persisted until this day. There, There still isn't an economic model that doesn't require slavery in the United States. There's a few. The cooperatives, but all that's basically destroyed by capital. How, how do you get a loan to start a cooperative? You go to a bank. What's a bank going to look at? Are you economically viable? Well, no. It comes down to the, the idea that you have to exploit people. You literally have to have margins and profit in order for it to work. Breaking even at the end of the day does not allow you to expand or buy new capital or, or market or sales, all that nonsense that they require. And so you end up basically having to either self-fund the cooperative or go to secondary markets to get the capital funding, which is people who try to do cooperatives. But again, that, that, that funding is much, much smaller than startup funding. So the U.S. has a long history of exploitation. It went by a number of different names. Slavery was one of them. We still have exploitation today, and we arguably still have labor slaves. It's not based on who owns you. But you are beholden to some entity that enacts violence upon you. At the end of the day, slavery was a form of violence. It was acute violence, and it was chronic violence, and it played out for many, many generations. There was often there was often physical harm that your owner would do. There was long-term violence because you fucking don't have human rights, basically. Basically, slavery only ended because it became inconvenient for the North to incur the higher exploitation rate of the South, and capital had to end slavery because it was harming profits in the North. Literally a problem of profits. Because the unrest, the Quakers that were causing disruption, the North saying they're going to boycott. I mean, it was economic like incentives for the North not to accept Southern trade anymore. So the exploitation rate was what caused the North-South divide because the South had a higher exploitation rate. We're going to introduce the exploitation rate in modern terms, and we're going to call it the unemployment rate. It's the same concept. Basically, how many people are being exploited? And is it a good enough number? 
If the number is too high, what does that mean? It means big business isn't exploiting the labor that they could. There are too few workers being exploited. The unemployment rate is high, which means there are fewer workers. There's fewer workers and fewer buyers because there's not enough jobs. And so then you rely on the federal government to incentivize corporations to hire or incentivize spending. And that incentivization comes in things like unemployment or tax rebates, or in this case, Trump bucks and Biden bucks that came out the door to get you out to spend the money to go buy stuff. There's another problem that happens if the unemployment is too low. When the unemployment rate is too low, you have workers actually having rights and being able to shop around for a better wage. And that causes capital to compete with each other by raising wages to attract better workers because they need better workers to produce their products at faster or better or more economical rates so that they can make more profit when they sell their product. And, and you see, interestingly enough, models of industrial growth or models of exploitation that happen based primarily on what the major industry is there in, in one location. So if you're automotive, you may have four or five automotive companies in one area because the skilled labor that's there is all automotive. So if you're textiles, you may have a textile area in which everybody there knows how to make textiles or distribution centers or whatever you want to call them. Because the other issue is that when when workers have the right to movement and right to live and choose where they work, it hurts big business. So what happens is they try to centralize everybody together so you can't just freely move about. You're basically stuck in one area X because there's no other in textile area anywhere. And all that is to minimize the margins and costs on the manufacturers because transportation is cheaper if everybody you're buying and selling to is in the same area. So take textiles, for instance. If you're making cotton textiles, you want to be near the cotton farms. And if you are making textiles, you want to also make sure that the industries are there to sew and make whatever it is from those textiles. Which then you also means you need the distributors to distribute that out there. So you end up with these basically pseudo-fiefdoms of the same type of in- industry, which then limits the availability for any one worker to do anything else beyond what's in their area. So this is basically the vertical integration that happened in the pre-Civil War South, where you had cotton was grown, textiles were manufactured, garments were sewn, all in one closed economy that was yep. super efficient because it was super exploitive. And then those goods could be sold at a higher rate of profit because there was so much exploitation. The same concept is happening today without formal slavery, but with plenty of exploitation. Plenty of exploitation. It's just, it's the same time when you see people that are getting mad that there's not enough workers to work at the mall, right? There's always the help wanted signs in all the malls right now, and that's because the low-income workers don't live where the mall is. They live miles from the mall, and they have to transport themselves into the mall during a pandemic to work to make sure that you're okay to go to a Build-A-Bear because for some reason you needed a Star Wars bear. I don't know why. Because they don't build malls by poor people. They build malls by the project management class, pseudo-rich people that have disposable income and want to buy it on dumbass, propagandized consumer goods that a mall sells. Yeah, I really need to go get all my Apple products and bubble tea. Why do you want bubble tea? It tastes like shit. It's gelatin in little balls. Why do you want that? Oh, it's cool. They seal it right in front of you. Okay, go to Alibaba, buy the machine, there's 350, they'll ship it to you from China. Which is ultimately where it's coming from, because China is now the center of exploitation. Let's talk about the slavery portion of it. Everybody knows the 13th Amendment outlawed slavery, except for when you are in prison. So we already have modern day slavery in which you're forced to go fight fires for $3 an hour, or 
make license plate like the traditional joke. Oh, I'm going to make stamp license plates. That That's exploitation. That's the state determining that your value is basically worth exploiting because they can give you a any worker can do it manufacturing process. But what you're not seeing is the other way that the slavery actually exists, which is you have to pay your bills. Not because you want to pay your bills, but because you literally have to pay bills or you don't have a house or electricity or water or internet or phone or food or car, car insurance or any insurance in general, health care. I mean, name it, clothes. Anything you have, you have to buy. There's, you get nothing for being alive without working for it. And the people that know that is the Chamber of Commerce. They are literally lobbying at this moment for modern slavery. They're modern slavers. They will put up signs at the science of signs. They will convince the shitty shop owners that the reason why they don't have employees is not because they have lower wage. It's because it's too easy to stay at home. There's just too many incentives not to work. Well, what the fuck is the incentive to work besides slavery, besides forced servitude? You're literally forced to work or you die. That's it. Or you have a shitty substandard living experience in which you're homeless or living in a shelter or living in a group home or can't afford medicines or whatever. I mean, we can we can paint bleak pictures all we want to. But if, if you're trying to determine whether or not you want to pay rent and be or be evicted, you have to pay rent. So this conservative idea of well, people don't want to work because they're lazy, is what the Chamber of Commerce is peddling. Paul Ryan said it 20 years ago, right? Remember Paul Ryan 10 years ago, whatever it was? We got to give people incentives to work because God said, or something, I forgot what he said, something stupid as fuck. It has nothing to do with laziness or not. Why would you want to work if somebody is exploiting you and you don't see any piece of the pie? This is the basic premise of surplus value. The Chamber of Commerce wants to extract as much value out of your labor as possible. They want to frame it as... If you don't want to give us free value, you're lazy. That's their construct. And what if people just don't want to fucking work because they don't want to help some other asshole make money? And if they don't work, they still get the same benefit. Isn't that called being smart and being a capitalist and optimizing your lot in life by making more money? Yeah. I mean, I know people who don't want to go back to work because they make more money not working because George between $11 an hour and COVID plus unemployment is better right? They don't feel any less human by not working, which is what their argument is. That you need you need a purpose to live. You need a purpose-driven life and all this shit. You don't need a purpose-driven life, which is centered around making smoothies at the mall. And I like that argument because it's you go and you pay $6 for a smoothie. It's like 48 cents in ingredients. I don't know anybody whose purpose it is to wake up every day and go be exploited. Nobody drew a picture when they were six years old in first grade of them making smoothies at the mall and having some rich-ass property management guy just rake in profits on the back of their labor. It's wild to think about this way. When you are in school, you are told you can literally be anything you want to be. And if you think back to every single classmate you've had, none of them, or maybe one of them, is doing what they want to be. And if you're in a bigger city, you may have 400 classmates that you grew up with. And think think through how many people you know that's doing and being who they want to be. I don't really know that many people who can arguably say I'm doing exactly what I want to do. The rest of that means you're being exploited. That's what that means. Nobody should value their contribution to society based on the amount of labor that their employer exploits from them. When somebody asks, well, what do you do? You should say, well, I go to work and I'm exploited. That's the only answer. Because it doesn't fucking matter. You should have no self-esteem tied to your job because your job is exploited. Who gives a fuck what you do? You go to work so that you can be a slightly smaller victim of chronic violence that the system bestows upon you. And that's it. Your, your job doesn't care about you. They will lay you off 
for cost cutting measures because people get laid off all the time because it's not profitable to have you at work. How many people here have worked an hourly wage, let's say at a fast food place, and hours get cut because they look at you and say, well, you can't work 40 this week, you're going to work 36. The boss doesn't care that the $40 you're going to lose, which is going to pay something, your cell phone bill or give you extra gas money. I mean, whatever bleak argument you have for making that $40 is and not to sound so cold but that's I mean it's 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 literal money out of your pocket your boss doesn't care that the $40 he's stealing from you in hours hurts you they only care that they're not going to get yelled at by corporate for having too many people on the floor or too many hours at work that is retail and that is in 70% of the marketplace and that's what everybody does they have an income statement at that storefront every storefront with an income statement part of the income statement is your expense you are just an expense line item George makes $11 an hour. Mike makes $10 an hour. I'm going to schedule Mike more. It's only a dollar difference, but guess what? You do that for 40 hours, it's $40 cheaper. And that goes to the income statement. So if you have to sell hamburgers and make profit on it, you have to sell less hamburgers now and make the same profit. That's that's all the exploitation is. It's all just micro-optimizations that some dude with a spreadsheet is doing, and he has all the incentive in the world to do it because his work actually is translated into profit. And it's on the back of the workers. And it's purely exploitation. It's no different than the slave labor of the pre-Civil War era. But you get to go home to your bank-owned house instead of going to the house owned by your plantation slave owner. So that's progress. But it's still exploitation. And you sell these large lobbying entities that go about framing the advancement of worker rights in this weird warp concept of well, this is what the workers want. They want to have the opportunity to go to work and be exploited. And we want to increase access to employment. We want more people to be employed. Not because it helps the worker, because it absolutely doesn't. It's just a small enough slice of the pie to perpetuate the system, but to also maximize employment so as to maximize exploitation. This is literally the mandate of the Federal Reserve. They seek to maximize employment. They don't seek full employment, which would be the centrally planned optimal product outcome. They seek maximum employment in the context of maintaining steady inflation. And steady inflation is something that capital wants. The entire Federal Reserve System exists to support capital. And the idea that we are going to achieve some level of maximum employment is purely an idea to maximize exploitation. And that's what the Chamber of Commerce is advocating for. When they say we have to get rid of these unemployment benefits because workers are incentivized to stay at home. That's a failing of the Federal Reserve to meet their mandate of maximum employment. And maximum employment, again, doesn't mean everybody's working. It doesn't mean maximum productivity. It it just means that they've maximized the capitalist system. So you made a comment earlier that was really important, which is mandating a steady inflation. The reason why they want steady inflation is because it's predictable. Because the capitalists lose money when there's inflation if they can't beat it on the markets. Think of your mortgage of your house, if you have one. You may be sitting at under 3% now. Historically, inflation is around 3.5%. On real estate, on mortgage rates. 3.5% on, on consumer goods, depends on what it is, blah, 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 5%, 8%, whatever it doesn't mean. You, you're basically gambling right now that your mortgage, your percent increase, will go up slower on your house than your wage increase or your inflation on your money. Because at the end of the day, you're actually then being in the bank because you're able to pay them with less money every year over time than what they're making back on you in, on interest. So to simplify that, if your house appreciates in value 
at a greater rate than your wages, you've made money that the bank and the capitalist system has not extracted from you. And that's a problem for capital. Capital wants to keep that inflation rate, that increase in the general value of your house and the general value of real assets at a rate that is low enough to continue your exploitation, but at a rate high enough that it allows them to absolve debt they've taken out historically. Yeah, absolutely right. We know through theory that the way that we can attack capitalists is through taxes and inflation. And we also know that the two things that are currently always championed by the right and all the shit libs is that we want to lower taxes for the rich and maintain low inflation. Those two things are what preserve capital. If you tax the shit out of the rich, they have no money. <laughs> and if you are to fight truth and nail with inflation that goes up, then they can't maintain their level of, of control. They put in place individuals that are champion the IRS to keep low taxes on the rich, like Trump and Bush did. And they put in place the Federal Reserve to maintain an inflation rate that's controllable. All of which is exploitation. All of it hurts you. So taking this two-pronged approach, you have high taxes and you have high inflation. And the idea is to, over time, destroy wealth by taxing rich people and increasing inflation so that their money becomes worth less over time. This is effectively the opposite of what our capitalist system wants to do today, which is preserve wealth and preserve exploitation. So we again have this idea of slavery being brought forth in modern times to perpetuate the system, which is exploitive. Absolutely. The way to crush the bourgeoisie is to grind them between the millstones of taxation and inflation. You should tell everybody that's a member of the Chamber of Commerce to not join the Chamber of Commerce if you if you go there. So if you go to your doctor, or for some reason they're like, I'm a Chamber of Commerce, or you go to the pet store, say, how do they help you? You pay all this money, how are they helping you? Because I'm not going to come here anymore if I know that you're like a fascist. Explain to them what fascism is. You're basically a fascist. The second is, you can oppose every single tax abatement plan that they give away for, for new businesses in your city. What I mean is they'll say things like, oh, all your sales tax for the state gets to go back to you, or all your tax that we would claim to you in land tax, you get to keep to help pay for the building. Fight it all. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.